on December 4th, 2023, day 13 of season 99 of Learned League, we learned of the world's largest major airline alliances, which combine forces across the skies to connect the world. I'm Ben Rothenberg, and I later learned of a minnow mentioned in the midst of mega networks like the Star Alliance, Sky Team, and One World. That's the Vanilla Alliance, which united a group of underdog islands trying to help one another out in a way that hopefully isn't too plain, boring, or, you know, vanilla. The Star Alliance was formed in 1997 as a pact between five airlines across three continents. It's United Airlines and Air Canada in North America, Scandinavian Airlines and Lufthansa in Europe, and Thai Airways International in Asia. The Star Alliance picked up more big global players and now boasts 26 members. The competing alliances that emerged in the subsequent three years after Star Alliance also accrued global rosters of heavy hitters, with Sky Team collecting 19 members and One World having 13 members. All of these alliances span at least five continents and have more than 500 million annual passengers. Compared to those big birds dividing up the sky, the Vanilla Alliance, also mentioned in passing in this question today, has little claim to world domination. It only carries about 2.3 million passengers a year, about 0.3% of any of the big alliances, and its range only covers a small portion of the globe, just some islands off the southeast coast of Africa. But what the Vanilla Alliance does have is a more clear purpose, banded together five small airlines and six small locales under the banner of the Vanilla Island, an actual alliance on the ground as well, between small places who decide to join together up against oceans of competition. <laughs> The Vanilla Islands, or Les Îles Vanilles, as they're often known to their largely francophone market, was created as a marketing concept in 2010, as a way to make a disparate region of the world into a combined package for marketing and tourism, to help put these islands in the western Indian Ocean more on the map for world travelers. Four independent island nations, Comoros, Madagascar, Mauritius, and Seychelles, and two French overseas territories, Mayotte and Réunion, thought they'd be stronger together if they joined forces as the Vanilla Islands for marketing. And they hoped that they could encourage tourists to visit more than one of the Vanilla Islands on their trips to the region. Not only do these new Vanilla Islands package themselves as a group to combine their resources and reach more prospective customers with limited budgets, they also hope that more short-hop air travel within the island group can reduce the percentage of the flights landing, which are long hauls coming in from far overseas. And thus, the Vanilla Alliance was made to facilitate such intra-regional air travel, combining Air Madagascar Air Mauritius, Air Seychelles, Comoros's Air Entre-Îles, and Réunion's Air Austral. Along with the usual hope of profits from an airline alliance, there's also a very clear ecological pitch to the Vanilla Alliance. As VanillaIslands.org readily admits, traveling to the Vanilla Islands by planes evokes adventure and exoticism, but it also means CO2 emissions. The island's website also says, traveling to long-distance destinations results in significant impacts on the environment. As tourism accounts for a very significant share of revenues, it was therefore vital to find ways to reduce the environmental impact while ensuring that the greatest number of economic benefits are available. We took a gamble, the Manila Islands say, that customers would be interested in visiting several islands on one trip. This allows for people not having to travel there several times, thus reducing the carbon impact of their travels, and the economic benefits to be shared between the islands, i.e. the most well-known or attractive ones helps those that are less so. The Vanilla Islands don't tell you on the website which of their islands are the most or least attractive ones. They leave you to figure that out on your own. But why are these islands the Vanilla Islands, you may have wondered? Well, most obviously, it's because vanilla has been grown there. Though it's not a native species. Vanilla is a spice derived from the fruit pods of a certain type of orchids that grew wild natively in the Americas, from the border state of Tamaulipas in northeast Mexico 
down to some of northern South America. These orchids were domesticated and farmed as early as 1185 by the Totonac people in what's now present-day Mexico. But in the 1800s, French colonizers, who you may remember from the previous episode on latitude and Ecuador, that the French were doing all sorts of various farting around Latin America around this time, they took vanilla and shipped it to their colonies in Réunion and Mauritius in hopes it could be grown there, too. Slavery was still rampant on those islands then, and it was a 12-year-old slave named Edmund Albius who discovered, and more remarkably got credit for the discovery, that vanilla could be hand-pollinated with a thin stick or blade of grass, since local insects on these Indian Ocean islands weren't interested in pollinating the vanilla. Albius's technique, all in the thumb, supercharged production of the crop, and his method, invented in 1841, is still used today. By the end of the 1800s, the region now known as the Vanilla Islands was dominating global production of vanilla. Though other islands in the Vanilla Islands can't really compete for scale, big old Madagascar remains responsible for about 40% of the world's vanilla, making it the world's leader. French vanilla, if you were wondering, comes not from the fact that it was French colonies growing all this vanilla, but how French cuisine uses an egg custard base to enhance the flavor of the vanilla. Real vanilla has lots of flavor and is delicious and popular. It's an expensive luxury and exotic to most of the world. But vanilla in our language has also taken on the unlikely meaning of plain, safe, neutral, and bland. For why? A 2022 Mental Floss article said the term plain vanilla started showing up in recipes in the late 1800s. In 1890, they cite, a newspaper in New York wrote that candied fruits can, quote, convert plain vanilla ice cream into Neapolitan. And it's this use as a base ice cream, Mental Floss says, that made vanilla synonymous with other plain things. Patricia Rain, author of the 2004 book Vanilla, the cultural history of the world's favorite flavor and fragrance, suggests that a lot of it was visual. Before vanilla, ice cream had previously been flavored with more visible fruits or nuts. So vanilla ice cream was this colorless, lumpless incarnation that didn't seem to change the appearance of the base ice cream dramatically and would have seemed plain by comparison. Plain vanilla, P-L-A-I-N vanilla, started as an ice cream term. Many etymologists now agree. But now, as we've learned today, we also have plain vanilla, P-L-A-N-E vanilla, which lots of folks in islands off Africa are now hoping will be the bold flavor of your next vacation. Thank you for listening to I Later Learns. We round the halfway point of the season. If you've enjoyed the show, please do spread the word and tell your Learned League friends and frenemies, whoever, or post about your favorite episodes on your social media or the show in general. That'd be super. You can talk about the show also on the Learned League message boards as people are doing, which is great. Some Vermont people chiming in on the last episode about Vermont. The show is also on all the big podcast distribution sites like Apple and Spotify and whatnot. And you can leave reviews there. Also, those help a bunch. Thanks for the ones we've gotten already, which have been positive, happy to say. And you can email me at the show at ilaterlearned at gmail.com. Until tomorrow, here's to learning. Thank <laughs> you.